Thank you very much. Take your Bibles and go to Nehemiah chapter number 12. Nehemiah chapter number 12. I enjoyed that very much, and you were smiling, and now I come up here. The question is, Brother Smith, were, did you stay 10 seconds on that bull? The answer is yes, I did, but you'll need to talk to Jeremy Fugit about that. And uh, so I, have I ever rode any others? Yes. The very first time I went to sit down on an animal in a shoot and a rodeo like that, my granddad rodeoed for a living, and uh, he said, now, you want to make this ride? I said, yes, sir, I do. He said, you know it's only eight seconds. I said, yes, sir, I do. And I had my hand all in my rope and everything ready and was cinched in tight. I put my feet down around the animal and ready to ride. Had my neck down in here because you're going to go like this all over if you don't control your neck. And my granddad said, now, if you want to ride, I'm going to tell you exactly what to do. And he said, listen. I looked at him, and I said, yes, I'm listening. He said, hold on. It did not work that time that night. <laughs> And uh, it did not work. Nehemiah chapter 12. Nehemiah chapter 12. Thank you, choir, very, very much. My goodness, that was tremendous tonight. This is Marianne right over here in the front row. Tomorrow morning she has eye surgery. And I would appreciate so much. She's faithful coming to church. And this will be her second surgery on an eye. Also, I was talking to Brother Patrick Hall this week. Is it this week, Brother Hall? Tuesday, if I remember right. Thursday. Thursday, he'll be having shoulder surgery. And then please be in prayer for Brother Fisher's father. And uh, it is very critical at this time. And Brother Fisher's been Mrs. Fisher a blessing. And his father is in very, very critical condition. And, you know, sometimes we go on and we don't carry the burden of others. And I, I, it draws us closer as a family, draws us closer in our relationship with the Lord, draws us closer to each other when we hold each other up before the Lord. If you're visiting with us tonight, we are honored. And I am very sorry that the preacher is not here. I'll do my best I can. Mrs. Smith took quite a bit of time to put this together. And I feel very honored to be able to present this to you tonight. And... Uh, there's more truth to that than you really realize. She has no idea what I'm preaching on tonight. This will be the first time that I'm going to gouge her really hard. And, uh, you know, I, I love my marriage. And the reason I love my marriage is we fight all the time. No, we don't. We don't, we don't either. I do. I have been told by my parents and I've told my, my wife several times, why do you enjoy fighting? And the answer is always this. I just love the making up. That's why I do. I really like that part. Preacher texted me and he said, Brother Smith, I'd like you to preach for me on Sunday night. It is true that preacher is trying to finish a couple of books. And it is true that preachers, I don't know how to explain the load. And I know that you love him. I know that you pray for him. I know that you love Mrs. Fugit. You pray for them and all the family. And we need to daily hold all of them up before the Lord. But our preacher is just not our pastor. He is a pastor of pastors. And he's not only a pastor of pastors in the United States of America, he's a pastor of pastors around the world. And there are men of all ages, there are young preachers, there are veteran preachers, there are missionaries that are looking to our preacher, and he always has time and always has wisdom and counsel. Pray for our preacher, love our preacher, write him a note, send him a text, and different things, just don't always expect a response. But he said, Brother Smith, I'd like you to preach Sunday night. And I said, Preacher, I'd be honored, and I always answer this or say this back. Where do you want me to go? He said, Brother Smith, I want you to preach on this. A vision of blessings or this. Blessings that come as a result of having a vision for God. You know, the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse number 6, but without faith it's impossible to please Him. When you stop and look at that word faith, that word faith is a vision. It is a vision of what God can do. 
It's a vision of what we believe God wants us to do. I want you to look in Nehemiah chapter 12. Nehemiah chapter 12. Brother Fisher, that comes right after Nehemiah chapter 11. And uh, I just want you to be able to find that over there. Because you have no idea what this guy says while he's up on the platform. Uh, if you ever see me just hit him, don't worry about it. It's all right. It's okay. Uh, he needs it every once in a while. He was not paddled enough when he was younger. He did not eat enough soap when he was younger. And I got a funny feeling his folks thought about taking paper towels, shoving it deep, and putting duct tape over the front of it. Mrs. Fisher, is there an amen to that? She's nodding her head. Amen. Yeah, she is. I love Brother Fisher very much when he's someplace else other than where I'm at. I really, no, I, I really do. It's, it's a blessing to have all the guys on staff. We have fun. It is actually dangerous when you come Thursday afternoon to staff meeting. It is dangerous. It's like we're trying to get each other in trouble. And it's just, it's, and preacher sometimes looks down at the end of the table and we all look at Brother Fisher. <laughs> we do. But what's really neat is when Brother Davis is sitting next to me and I point to something, he sends it to Brother Fisher and Brother Fisher gets in trouble. I love it. I mean, I love it. Just write it on home. Amen. Let's have a word of prayer. I'm going to preach to you tonight. Vision to blessing. Vision to to blessing. Father in heaven, I yield myself to you afresh right now. Father, you know that I have done my best to be alone with you, to get your mind, to get your heart. We love our preacher. Father, I'm very humbled to be able to stand here behind this desk tonight. Father, I have nothing to say, but I know I hunger for you to say through me. I ask in Jesus' name that you'd help me to rightly divide and apply this your word. I ask you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that you'd speak to every heart. Father, to be able to study the word vision, to be able to study the word faith, is one thing to be able to put it in a daily practice in our lives. Father, we're actually sitting and standing in a miracle tonight, on miracle ground, because of a vision. Father, I pray that you'd help me tonight, that you'd fill me, that you'd anoint me, that your spirit would speak through me. Father, please, I pray with an expectant spirit that you'll speak to every heart. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to stay in the book of Nehemiah tonight. We're going to make a fast pass through that. I am conscious of the time, and I thank God for preachers' consciousness, and I'll do my best. In Nehemiah chapter number 12, we're actually at the end of what God has done in this precious book that's been recorded to us. There is a Nehemiah 13. We're going to bump up into that. Then we're going to go all the way back to Nehemiah chapter 1. In Nehemiah chapter number 12, verse number 27, the Bible says, And at the dedication of the wall, did you see that dedication? It's done, it's finished, it's complete. Of Jerusalem, they sought the Levites out of all their places to bring them to Jerusalem to keep the dedication with gladness, both with thanksgiving and with singing, with cymbals, psalteries, and with harps. And the sons of the singers gathered themselves together. It's quite a celebration that's going on. Look now in verse number 31 of the same chapter, down to verse number 31. Then I brought up the princes of Judah upon the wall and appointed them two great companies of them that gave thanks. Verse number 38. And the other company of them that gave thanks went over against them and after them and the half of the people. Verse number 43. 
Also that day they offered great sacrifices. Not just sacrifices, but great sacrifices. This is victory. This is God's blessing. They've been obedient. And it all started with a vision of somebody over here. But now we're looking at the end result. God wants to bless us. God wants to bless us in a great way. But the greatest blessings come when we have a vision from Him. And that vision is accomplished when you and I step out by faith. Vision and faith are inseparable. I want to say that again. I'd like you to say it with me, please. Vision and faith are inseparable. Too many people are waiting on God. And the reason that they're waiting on God is they don't get a vision for what God can do. I'd just soon be a person that is acting. And a businessman told me years ago when I was a younger man, he said, indecision is a decision. It's no decision. And what happens, I don't want to go to heaven like John R. Rice said and looked into heaven in a dream and had all these gifts as he's going through heaven. And they had his name on those. And he asked the angel, what are all these gifts? And it's all things God wanted to do, but you never ask him for vision and faith cannot be separated let's say it again vision and faith God burns in your heart God calls you God burdens you to be able to do something and you said and you say I'm waiting for direction get along with God get a vision for God and step out by faith to do that too many young men have finished from college and too many young ladies have finished from college I'm waiting on God's leading God has called you you have his book there's a world out there of lost people there are millions of places to go and yet we're waiting on the calling of God no I tell you what we're waiting on you to get a vision and to have the faith to step out and get going for God are you with me tonight verse number 43 and also that day they offered great sacrifices and rejoice, for God had made them rejoice with great joy. The wives also and the children rejoiced. Exciting. The entire family. So that the joy of Jerusalem was heard even afar off. At the time were some appointed over the chambers for the treasuries. In other words, it was so rejoicing that everybody that needed to have a place got in their place, got busy about what they were doing, but it all came about a vision with faith and action with vision there's always got to be faith and with that faith there's got to be action are you with me tonight you can't separate them we've got to do it we're waiting too long on God I I challenge you as I was praying about what to do I actually went and walked the property over there at the 3,000 clays mill and I stopped and I tried to go back into my mind when there was nothing there but a field I've only seen pictures of part of that. And as I stopped and I looked at that property, I went to the back of the property with my truck and I thought, this was once all grass, but now it's pavement, now it's buses, now it's a school, now it's a gymnasium, now it's a third auditorium, now it's a parking lot, but now it's not stopped. It all started with a vision and that vision took the step of faith and that faith became a reality and God is blessed over and over again. Now we've got to do something else. We've tried and preacher tried and the men in the leadership tried to go ahead and say, well, if we tear this down and build another auditorium and the doors kept closing and kept closing, we bought as a church other pieces of property and it kept closing and kept closing, but it didn't stop and we had to have a vision for God to do more and it had to be a step of faith and that's how we arrived at this 80 acres. But now watch, we're not done. 
We're just getting started. And if you were here Wednesday night, that's exactly what preachers said. You see, I can't separate vision and faith. The problem is we have received our education. We've received our training. We're working and we're busy. But God says, I need you to get a vision. And that's what stimulated in Nehemiah's heart. But that vision wasn't just something that he cried about, that he thought about. He put action to it. Quit worrying about doing something wrong. Just get busy and put that vision into action and God will show you the way and God will show you the direction and that's why you and I are sitting in this building tonight. There was a vision and there was faith and that created action and that's how we were able to get this. Seven different things that I'm going to give you tonight, I apologize, six different things on attaining this and what comes with a vision. Number one, if you want to write this down, vision brings hope. Vision brings hope. In Nehemiah chapter 1, verses 4, verse number 4, through down for verse number 11, we see that Nehemiah gets word. We see that he sat down, he wept, he mourned certain days, he fasted and he prayed. And then you know what he did? We see the prayer here and he moved with action. You see Proverbs 29, verse 18, where there is no vision, and we've looked at it in Sunday school, who perishes? Those towns, young men, that you're supposed to be going to, there's people dying in those towns. And what's end up happening, you're to have that vision to go to that town and that faith to do it and I wouldn't want to sit in your shoes if God's called you to preach and God's called you to pastor because there's somebody that's going out into eternity that if you'd have the vision that God gave you and you did and the faith to do it you'd already be there by faith building that ministry for God whether it be in the United States or a foreign country are you with me Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 but without faith it's impossible to please him for he that cometh to God must believe that he is I believe God is. God is not cut us short. God is not deaf. God is not leading still. He's still leading. God wants us to do. I love that. For the he, the he that cometh to God must believe that he is. And that he is a rewarder of them that what? Diligently seek him. Vision can bring us to prayer. And that prayer that brings us to vision, we see in Mark chapter 9. Remember that story of that daddy that brought his son that was throwing himself into the fire? And as he was throwing himself into the fire, he brought his, came to the disciples and said, My son has this, and this is what happens to him. And they prayed, and they prayed, and they prayed, and they prayed, and they prayed. And when Jesus showed up, the father went to Jesus and said, I brought him here today, but what's the problem? Listen to these words, please, in Mark chapter 9, verse number 23. If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. You see, vision brings hope of what God can do. The little boy kept throwing himself into the fire, but Mark chapter 9, verse number 29. This kind can come forth by nothing but by prayer and fasting. What are you asking God to let you see? What are you asking God to let you see? In your marriage, in raising your children, in your grandchildren, in the days ahead. You see, it's something that we look at each other. And I know what I would love to have God do in my life. But it's going to take, number one, a vision to say, my marriage can attain this. My life can attain this. I can do this for God. God's done with me when I draw my last breath. I don't want to have that last breath come because I'm sitting down. I want to have that last breath come when I'm doing something for God and I'm pressing on for God. When we pray, we have hope because you're on your face, you're on your knees, you're having your prayer time because you're asking God for something that God's let you see that you need or you desire to have. Vision brings hope. Number two, vision brings unity. 
Vision brings unity. In Nehemiah chapter number 2, verses number 11 through 20, we see this, how he has miraculously come. He's not just come to Jerusalem. He's come with wood to build the gates and the frames of the doors and everything. He's not just come with all that, but he's come with a military entourage that the king went ahead and sent men to protect him and to get him there. And he arrives in verse number 11. I came to Jerusalem and was there three days. Verse number 12. And I rose in the midnight. I and some few men with me neither told I any man what my God had put in my heart to do. Jump to verse 17. Then I said unto them, Ye see the distress that we are in. How Jerusalem lieth wait, and the gates thereof are burned with fire. Come and let us build up the wall of Jerusalem, that we be no more a reproach. Verse 18. Then I told them of the hand of my God. You know what ended up happening? He had a vision. That vision brought hope. That hope caused him to be on his knees. That hope and through prayer caused God to move in a miraculous way beyond any comprehension and understanding. He comes with a vision and he shells people, tells people what God had told him to do. That brought unity of those men and they said these words in verse number 18. Then I told them in the hand of my God which is good upon me. As also the king's words that he had spoken unto me and they said. Did you see that? He didn't say it. They said it. Let us rise up and build. A vision brings hope, number one. Number two, a vision brings unity. Unity with a husband and wife. Unity with children and parents. Unity with leadership and fellowship. Unity will not come from God if we do not have unity with others. Can I say that again? You've got an all between a wife and a husband. You've got all between parents and the children. You've got all between a brother and a sister. You've got all between brethren and brethren. My friend, we will not have the unity that God wants to give us until we have a vision to understand that I need to get past that. I need to get over that. I need to get around that. I need to deal with that, and I need to go forward. John chapter 6, we have sent the people home because the disciples had a multitude around them with the Lord Jesus Christ. And in John chapter 6, they said, Jesus, we've got to send them home. We don't have enough. Then what ended up happening in John chapter 6, verse number 9, Jesus heard these words. There's a little lad here which hath five barley loaves and two small fishes. But then they had this. But what's that among so many? But then we jump down to verse number 13 and we see this. Therefore they gathered them together and filled 12 baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves, which remained over and above unto them that had eaten. When we have unity, we will develop direction that is non-stoppable. Twelve baskets full together. You see, number one, when I have a vision, that brings me hope. God can do it, and God will do it, and God says He'll do it, and I have the promises from His Word that He hears me, and He'll answer, and He'll guide me, and He'll direct me, and He'll protect me, and He'll show me. But that hope drives me to next. That vision brings a unity in me, a unity in my family, a unity in my life, but most of all, a unity with my God. Then thirdly, a vision brings work. So vision brings hope, and a vision brings unity. And then you know what comes along with a vision? There's always work. In Nehemiah chapter 3, verses 1 through 32, and especially in verse number 1, if you'll look with me, please. Then Elisha, the high priest, rose up with his brethren, the priests, and they builded the sheep gate. And if you go all the way down through chapter 3, you'll see that they were in their position. They built it and they repaired. In Nehemiah 2 verse 18, we see this, and they said, let us rise up and build. So they strengthened their hands for this good work. In Nehemiah chapter 2 verse 20, the God of heaven, he will prosper us. Therefore, we as servants will arise and build. Nehemiah 3 1, then Elisha the high priest rose up and his brethren, the priest, and they builded. 
when we work together with unity because we've prayed what God would have to do, we move forward and show progress. Listen, please. Vision always brings hope. That hope brings a vision of unity. That unity then will bring a vision that we've got to jump in and work together. Fourthly, vision brings trials. Vision brings trials. In Nehemiah chapter 4, you'll look at the very first two verses. Nehemiah chapter 4, verse 1 and 2, And it came to pass that when Sanballat heard that we builded the wall, he was wroth and took great indignation and mocked the Jews. And he spake before his brethren and the army of Samaria and said, What do these feeble Jews? Will they fortify? Will they sacrifice? Will they make an end in the day? Will they revive the stones? I wrote in the margin of my Bible. Will they make a commitment? Will they sacrifice? Will they finish what they've started? And will they preserve for the next generation? You see, whenever we go forward, we're going to have trials. So what do we do? We make a commitment. That's why these cards. We sacrifice in that commitment. We have a goal to reach and we're going to give that amount this year. We're going to focus on the future, on the building of not only the next building, the next building and buses and whatever else, God. And it's going to take faith. There's a little fella. He's probably a teenage boy in 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 45. He had just brought some bread, some parched corn and some cheese. But then he heard a Goliath come out and said, Give me a man that we can fight together. He immediately looked at those men around him that were men after he'd gone into the trenches and saluted the soldiers that were there in the trenches and he heard the Goliath again and he that time had come to his brothers and he says, isn't anybody going to do anything? What's going to be done to the man that does this? Because you see that little boy had a belief in his brothers that were around him. That's why you and I as adults, these younger generation needs to see us working with a vision, working with faith, working with unity and working even through trials. I love it when an older person goes through tough times and hard times and I can look at that life, that that life is feebly going on forward for God. I love it in this passage of Scripture when he said these words in verse number 45, I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts. This day will the Lord deliver thee into mine hand. How could he know that without a vision? How could he know that without having a hope in God? How could he know that without having unity with God himself? How could he know that without desiring to work? And that's what he was doing that day. And he looked at Goliath that day and he said, This day, bud, God's going to give you to me. And I'm going to take your head and I'm going to feed it to the crows and whoever else is out there. That's not in there, but it is in mine. I will give the carcasses of the host of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air, to the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know there is a God in Israel. You know what that vision is all about? That vision is because God wants to do something. The reason we don't see God do something is our hope is really at a point of nothing. What are you hoping for tonight? What would you like to see God do tonight? What is it that's just keeping you back from taking that step of faith? Can I tell you what it is? It's you getting on your face. To have that faith. But you know what ends up happening? When we have that faith, we walk next. There's unity that comes. There's unity with God. There's also a sweetness around the house because we're walking with God. There's a sweetness and a desire to keep going forth in the ministry. There's not a fight I don't want to go soul winning. There's a desire to go soul winning. There's not a fight to volunteer. There's a desire to, I'll do it. I can do it. I'll volunteer. And that unity always brings work. But it's a good work. It's a satisfying work. It's a comforting work. It's a work that gains. But with that work comes trials. But with those trials, there's always got to be a sacrifice. 
number five. A vision will always bring a sacrifice. Nehemiah chapter 4 verse 21 all the way through Nehemiah chapter 5 they sacrificed they sacrificed and they gave. Matter of fact, in verse number 14 of Nehemiah 4, look at this. And I looked and rose up and said unto the nobles and to the rulers and to the rest of the people, Be not ye afraid of them. Remember the Lord which is great and terrible and fight for you, brethren, your sons and your daughters, your wives and your houses. Every time I read that verse, I want to stand up and grab a sword off the wall. Brother Smith, you have swords on the Oh, we have swords all over the place. You don't read Civil War like I do without having to be junk. Robert E. Lee, I'm sorry about you Yankees, but I'm Robert E. especially Stonewall Jackson or Jeb Stewart, my, I mount my steed and charge into the enemy. Amen. Wife says, what are you doing? I said, nothing, just playing. Vision always brings sacrifice. Nehemiah chapter number 6, verse number 1, we read this, Sanballat shows up again. And it came to pass when Sanballat and Tobiah and Geshem, the Arabian and the rest of our enemies heard that I had builded the wall. There was no breach left therein, though at that time I had not set up the doors upon the gates that Sanballat and Geshem sent me unto me, saying, Come, let us meet together in the one of the villages in the plain of Ono. There's something interjected in my Bible there. It says, Oh no, I will not go down to Ono. But they thought to do me mischief. And I sent messengers to them, saying, I'm doing a great work so that I cannot come down. Why should the work cease while I leave it? Oh, I love how it does. If you look at verse 4, he came four times. If you look at verse 5, he came fifth time, five times. You see, vision brings sacrifice, and sacrifice creates self-sacrifice. Sacrifice not only creates self-sacrifice, it creates self-denial. Sacrifice not only creates self-sacrifice and self-denial, but it also causes us to pour out our heart. And when we pour out our hearts, we attain a burden for others. That's what keeps the buses rolling. That's what keeps soul winning going seven days a week. That's what keeps the baptismal waters being stirred. Number one, when you and I have a vision, it brings hope. Number two, when we have that hope, that vision develops a unity amongst us. When we have that unity, we're willing to work together for a common cause. That work brings us through trials and heartaches and troubles and how come this doesn't work but that trial creates a sacrifice of willing to go the extra mile. And that sacrifice, oh my. In Genesis 22, I read that passage of Scripture often. You see, what God really wants is what I love the most. What God really wants is what I love the most. hundred years of age, a little boy came along. A little boy that they'd waited all of their life. He grew up to be a young man that any daddy would be proud of. He grew up with character. He grew up with hard work. He grew up working right alongside his dad. Then God came to Abraham and said, I want thy son, thine only son. I learned a long time ago what I love the most is what I better be, stay, keep living and willing to give up the most. Can I say it again? Whatever you love the most, is what you better be first willing to give up because you'll never be able to have the vision that God wants you to have. Oftentimes in the middle of the night, I'll get up and walk around the side of the bed and say, Father, she's yours. Oftentimes early in the morning on my face, I'll say, God, I love that lady so much, but she's yours. I remember one night down in Kansas at Emmanuel Baptist Church, 
when we went to bed that night and the next morning got up and we were carbon monoxide poisoned there on the front of Emmanuel Baptist Church in Leavenworth, Kansas. My daughter threw up into my mouth as I was trying to give her mouth-to-mouth resuscitation. I remember just like it happened tonight, looking up into the heavens and saying, God, I love this little girl that you've given us for these years, but she's yours. When she began to cough and she began to wake up, I think all God needed to hear that day from me is, God, she's yours. What you have that you love the most is what God says, I want. Abraham, I need you to head to the mountains. I need you to take some fire. I need you to take some wood. I need you to take a big old knife with you. I want your son. I need you to start that way, and I'm going to show you the place to go. Stopped the fellows and said, you fellows stand here. The lad and I will go on yonder. As the lad and him started on, a conversation continued. Dad, where's the sacrifice? Son, listen to these words. It's a vision. My son, God will provide. When the altar was built, the fire was ready to be done. Isaac is there, and I can only imagine as that knife was ready to puncture those wonderful, precious words of God, the heavenly angel, Abraham, Abraham. And he saw. You see, vision will bring you and me to a place of sacrifice, what we love the most. I'm almost done. Vision brings hope. Vision brings unity. Vision always brings work along with it. Vision brings trials. They're going to happen. Buses are going to break down. Families are going to get sick. Finances are going to get tough. But those trials, oh, those trials that come along, my friend, the sacrifice is worth it every bit. It brings us to this point tonight. Vision brings blessings. Nehemiah chapter 6, verse 15. Look there, if you would, please, with me. Nehemiah chapter 6 and verse 15. So the wall was finished in the 20th and 5th day of the month, Elu, in 50 and 2 days. Nehemiah chapter 7, the people were brought together. Nehemiah chapter 8, the word of God was read and the feast restored. Nehemiah chapter 9, the people fasted and repented. In Nehemiah chapter 10, the covenant of God is signed by all the people. They lined up and they promised they signed a covenant. In Nehemiah chapter 11, people were chosen to dwell in Jerusalem. You folks are going to be here and keep responsibility. In Nehemiah chapter 12, there's a dedication of the wall and that's where we started out. In Nehemiah 13, we see that Nehemiah had to come back, had to do some cleansing and some separation, and he put things in order. I'd like to close tonight with these thoughts. Number one, lack of vision only lets you see what is in front of you. It doesn't let you see anything ahead. Lack of vision only lets you see what is in front of you. Number two, vision can build unity. Lack of vision can bring dissension. Vision brings unity. Lack of vision can bring dissension. Number three, true vision always lets you see where God is leading what God is preparing to do. True vision always lets you see where God is leading and what God is preparing to do. Next, vision brings us closer to the will of God. And getting closer to the will of God is getting closer to God. Vision brings me closer to the will of God for my life, for my marriage, for my home, and for wherever I'm serving God. And it gets me closer to God 
Lastly, vision brings us closer to seeing through the eyes of God. I don't know about you, but oftentimes I've stopped and not know what to do. And I said, God, let me see through your eyes. Maybe working on a piece of equipment and I drop a part. I'll say, God, I, I've looked and I don't know where it's at. Father, could you let me see through your eyes? And I'll look down. Sometimes something's not exactly going right. And I'll say, Father, I know I'm right with you as best I know how. Let me see what purpose you have. Do you have a vision tonight? Where's that vision taking you? Or if you don't have that vision, what are you doing? But without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Two mornings ago, I sat with the most lovely lady that I know, my precious wife. We reminisced back to 2005, January that year. I wrote a devotional a few days ago about that time of our conversation after reading my Bible. I came in from walking in the woods for some time, and she said, Honey, I need to talk to you for a minute. Hear me out if you would. I said, Okay. So I sat down. Camp hadn't started yet. I didn't need to get to the staff yet and have devotions. She said, I think this is going to be our last summer at Cedar River Baptist Camp. I said, Sugar, don't say that. I said, God's going to provide. He always has. We've been begging God for 23 years to be under the authority of a local church every day. God, I know according to your word, this ministry is to be under a local church. That was January of 2005. July 4th, 2005, Pastor Fugit walked up and he said, Brother Smith, I'd like to talk to you. And we got on a golf cart and we took a ride. He told me about the vision of his daddy to have a, told me about him and Dave and Chris being together in a little cabin. He said, my daddy had a vision to be able to have a camp. He said, I've been praying and I'd like to ask you if you'd consider coming to Kentucky and finding some property and starting a camp. I said, preacher, I've got to talk to my wife first and then talk to the staff. With a vision brings unity. I went to the house, and this is the answer that Shauna gave, a smile. And she said, I'm ready. We brought the staff all together. One of them is sitting here tonight. His name is Brother James Tenhara. They sat all around a table. I presented what Pastor Fugit said. The rest is history. I knew God wanted to do something beyond what I've ever seen done. When people now come and look at Circle C Baptist Ranch, this is the comment that they all make. Brother Dave, this is your dream. This is what you told us could become a reality. You see, I saw what God was wanting to do before I ever came to the place he was to do it. It's wonderful. I want to have a vision the rest of my life of what God can do. And right now before you and me is to see that building and the next building and souls and missionaries and preacher boys and evangelists and more families keep coming through the ministries and going out and establishing churches and winning a world to Christ through the Clays Mill Road Baptist Church. Preacher, what would you like me to preach on Sunday night? Blessings.
that come as a result of having a vision for God. How's your vision tonight? How's your unity tonight? What you holding on to that you're not ready to let go of? Father in heaven.